You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Good morning. <laughs> just keep resting in his presence. Let's not lose our, our posture of just receiving from him right now because he's here right now. He's moving. He's doing stuff. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. You guys feel his tangible presence so thick it's good so um how many of you came in with pain but don't have pain in your body anymore amen i'm gonna have you come and share your testimony of what god did during worship and then um, we're gonna pray for you if you need healing if you have pain in your body right now so come on up megan Hi, I'm Megan. Most of you don't know me. Um, So I live about three hours south right now, but I had to be up in Indy, and I was like, oh, I want to go to the Revive the World since I'm going to be up in Indy. Um, But yesterday I felled some trees in the backyard, and I hurt my back because I shouldn't be moving logs, you know. (laughs) Um, And so I just, you know how you do, you just power on whatever. And this morning I got up and my back hurt really bad and my foot hurt. I'm like, I don't know what I did to my foot, but my foot really hurts. And I'm like limping my way to Indy. Um, So anyway, I come up, I come into church. I like rush to the seat and I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm here. And I just noticed after the first worship song, my pain was just gone. I didn't ask him. I didn't have anybody pray for me. Nothing. And I'm just like... Like, he's healed me of things before, but I don't know why it surprised me this morning. I just, you know what I mean? I, he just, he's just good. I didn't earn it, you know? Like, I didn't even ask for it. In my head, I was like, oh, this is a place where people pray. I should ask for prayer later. <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm thinking. So, anyway, he's here, and he, I mean, we know he's here. This is obvious, but I'm just, I'm just really overwhelmed that he just chose to because he loves me. I didn't even have to ask. Um, So I want to pray for anybody that has pain in their body right now. You don't have to like stand up or whatever. If you want to, you can, but you don't have to. I'll just pray. Papa, we just love you so much, and we thank you for your love that we completely don't have to earn even remotely. And when we do stupid things, you still show up and heal us. So just receive it right now for every person in this room that needs a healing in their body or has a family member who needs healing in their body. I feel like there's some people here who are like, I'm thinking of somebody. Whoever you're thinking of, receive it for them. We just receive it right now because you are so good. You do things when we don't even have to ask you. We receive it in Jesus' name. I release that. I command all pain to go. All sickness and infirmity, I command it to go in Jesus' name. All fear of sickness and infirmity, I command that to go in the name of Jesus. 
Oh, yeah. And God, the places where the pain was and where that fear was, we ask for your Holy Spirit to come and give a fresh infilling like only you can, like only you know how to do. Ask for your fire, Lord, to burn up any of those cobwebs. Oh, yeah. We just say more, Lord. We receive everything you have for us, God. More, Lord. We put up no barricades to you, God. No barricades. You are so worthy. Yeah. Whoa. Thank you, Lord. Whoa. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. So if you guys want to just pay attention to your, if you've got pain in your body or if, you, if, you're, if you're noticing the pain just leaving, just kind of keep being aware of what's happening because I believe Jesus is here moving and healing today even as I speak. So I'm excited to hear more testimonies of what he's going to do, right? So I want to talk today about um, resting. Resting. <laughs> um, it's, just, it's just believing that he's already accomplished it all for us. It's just rest is trust and belief that he is who he says he is. Can you imagine if we would just believe he is who he says he is? <laughs> Can you imagine if we just believed we are who he says we are? I mean, we're called believers because the only thing he asks of us is to believe. That's it. We make Christianity so complicated, right? I've made it complicated. Um, we make it about these things we have to do. Like Megan was saying, earning, striving for something. But Jesus is just like, rest. And know that I believe that I am who I say I am. You know? So that's kind of what I want to be talking about today. Man. <laughs> if I can get through this. Um, rest in the kingdom is just belief. It's faith. It's trust. It's full surrender. It's, it's, it's full belief in his nature that he's good. It's not believing for the miracle, although that's a great part of it. That's, we believe for the miracle because we know he's good, right? We believe for the breakthrough. That's part of believing in his nature, though, right? It's about believing in his nature that he's good and that he's for us. That's what rest looks like. And if there's areas in our life where we're not trusting God fully or we feel like we're in need of something, then maybe we're not fully believing he is who he says he is because we are already fulfilled in him, right? He is what, who fulfills us. He's who fulfills us. Believing, uh, believing and resting in Jesus means Jesus already accomplished everything for us. It's done. Like the righteous requirement of the law has been fulfilled. Sin and death is destroyed. We're a new creation in Christ. He made us new. Like when we were born again, when we gave our lives to Jesus, we say we're born again. That means we're new. We're not the same person we used to be. Right? Isn't it exciting? Like we're not the same person. So what if we just believed that? What if we believed we're not the same person we used to be? Because our life is showing what we believe. Our life is proving what we believe to be true about God and what we believe to be true about ourselves. 
So there's no condemnation or shame if you're like, well, I'm not believing fully. I'm not getting this. Uh Oh, I better try harder, do more. No, that's not the the whole point of this sermon is rest (laughs) and trust, right? Let's not get into works again. Um, There's no condemnation because we're all in process. We're all on a journey of discovering who we are more and more, discovering who he is more and more, and believing and choosing to believe. Even when our circumstances don't seem like that's true, we don't live by our experiences and our circumstances. We live by the word of God, right? This is, I feel like I'm getting blank stares, but I'm going to keep going. Resting is living like we're seated in heavenly places, right? He, Ephesians 2, 4 through 8, we're co-seated with, Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. What does sitting mean? What does that represent? Resting. He's kicking his feet up. He's like, it's finished. And we are co-seated with him. So we're also seated in heavenly places. Right? So what do we have to do now? What do we do now? Believe. That's it. When you believe, you, resting doesn't mean do nothing. Resting is a heart posture of believing in him and trusting in his nature. And then you believe him and you're so one with him and aware of your oneness of him, and you know so much who he is, and you know so much who you are, that you just do what he says to do. So you accomplish a lot, actually. We can accomplish way more by resting in him and trusting him than we can ever accomplish in our own strength. Right? It doesn't make sense. The things in the kingdom don't make sense to hear because they're not supposed to. Because our mind hasn't been renewed fully to the truth. That's why... Every answer and every practical application in this is renew your mind and believe. Every single practical, if you want a practical application of how to be a good Christian girl or boy, just renew your mind to the truth. Find out what the truth is and renew your mind to it. That's it. That's really it. Be intimate with Jesus. Know him. That's it. So much of my Christian life I spent striving and working and trying hard to earn something to be, be a good Christian and super spiritual and earn and try to live up to this. And Jesus is like, hey, you already are that. I accomplished it for you. You just have to believe it. You know? It's simple, but the gospel's simple. <laughs> I really believe that Jesus is um, breaking off old mindsets today and in the body. I believe that religion is being broken off of the church more. (laughs) Like, I'm tired of striving. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing Christians just struggling. Like, we're not made to struggle. We're not made. I'm not saying trials won't come. I'm not saying pain doesn't come. I'm not saying hurt doesn't come. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying we weren't made to struggle because we're fulfilled in him and we already have him. We have him. We let our circumstances be our identity instead of letting him be our identity. He is what fulfills me. The breakthrough coming, the miracle happening does not fulfill me. Believe me, I've lived that. Like, I, I used to not be okay. I'm not going to be okay unless my life looks like how I want it to look. I'm not going to be okay unless God comes through in this area. 
I'm not going to be okay unless so-and-so in my relationship in my life treats me a certain way. I'm not going to be okay unless this thing happens. But let me tell you, when that thing does happen, it doesn't fulfill you still. Only he fulfills you. I'm not saying we don't pray for breakthrough. I'm not saying that we don't contend for the miracle. Of course we do, because we know that, for instance, if you're sick, his will is always to heal you, because we see that through Jesus' life. Jesus came and he healed all. So if someone needs a healing, that's God's will for them to be healed, so we contend for it no matter what, right? I'm not saying we don't contend for the miracle, we don't contend for the breakthrough. I'm saying that that doesn't fulfill me. Jesus fulfills me. And because I already have Jesus, and because he's accomplished it all for me, He made a way to where I can have communion with him, just like he communes with the Father, right? In John 17, it talks about, he prays. He says, may they be one like we're one. May they know you and me like I know you. May they have relationship with us like I have relationship with you, Father, right? He already did that. He already did it, guys. So, like, what more do we want him to do? What more do we need? We actually don't need anything else. We don't. We want things. It's not bad to want things to happen. He paid for us to have live an abundant life. I believe he wants us to have the desires of our heart. I believe he wants to give us good things. He's a good father. I want my kids to have great things. I want to give them the world. I want to give them all the desires of their heart. Right? He does too. But that does not fulfill us. Those things do not fulfill us. He does. So resting is believing that he already accomplished it all for us. Believing in him is all that we have to do to know him. And I even, like, even believing in him is grace. (laughs) He gives us the grace to believe in him, right? We don't even believe in him on our own. Like, we don't have to do any of this on our own. Isn't that exciting? Because we get in this mindset of, like, okay, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? What do I need to do? And it's like, well, you're going to do things, but it'll be in his strength. So you're really not doing it on your own. <laughs> you know? You're not even believing on your own. He's giving you the grace to believe. He's giving you the grace to have faith. Maybe I should read some scripture. <laughs> what do you guys think? I'll go to Ephesians. Ephesians 2, 4 through 8. Get there real quick. Here's the gospel right here. But God, I'm going to read in the King James, New King James, Ephesians 2, 4. But God, who is so rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us. This is, everything that's following this is because of his love. Out of his love, he did this. Okay? Because he loves us. Even when we were dead in our trespasses... We were, we were dead. We were, we were bound by sin. You know how people say, well, it's just my flesh. It's just my flesh. I'm just a human. Well, that's dead now. I don't know if you guys knew that, but that's dead now. When you're born again, you're actually made new. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just, I'm sick of the church not believing what this says. Because it's keeping you bound in something you were never created to be in. I'm just over it. It's not bringing freedom to anybody to believe that you're bound to sin. Before you were in Jesus, you were bound to sin, right? 
when we were dead in our trespasses, Jesus made us alive together with Christ. So we are one with him now. By grace, you've been saved. All by grace, not because of anything you've done. All you did was believe. You just attached your faith to something, to the word. That's it. He raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceedingly exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. It's all because of his kindness and his love that we've been set free. For by grace you have been saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone boast. For we are his workmanship. We're not our workmanship. I didn't make myself this way. I don't have some all this spiritual magic, uh, revelation because of anything I've done, you know? It's all because of him. Same with everyone in this room. We are where we are in Jesus because of him, not because we've earned it. We are created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So resting and trusting in Jesus and believing in him is just believing that we're seated in heavenly places with him and then the work is done, that we're a new creation in Christ. All we have to do is believe that. Seems too good to be true, right? But it's true. It is. I don't have to do anything in my own strength anymore, and that is an amazing feeling. <laughs> like, in, in, in here at Revive, we talk so much about renewing our mind because, like I said, that's just everything. It, believing is everything. Re believing the truth is everything. But sometimes, even me, I can be like, oh, man, am I, I'm believing lies. Oh, no. I'm believing a lie here. Oh, no, what do I need to do? Like, I better get my act together. Jesus is a lie there I'm believing. I get all introspective, and I start freaking out, and I'm worrying. I just don't want to do this. What, uh, what, you know? It's like anxiety. Just wait a second. Hold on. You're getting into works again. Just rest. Just believe that he's going to tell you if you need to do something, and he's going to tell you if you need to say something. Don't go searching. Because then you're striving to fix yourself again. He's the one who transforms us. We don't transform ourselves. So we can just rest and like, this is what it looks like to me. Jesus, okay, I see that you're revealing something I'm believing that's not true. Or okay, you're revealing something to me. I feel convicted right now. Jesus, I just, I just give that to you. I give you access to my heart to show me when I'm believing a lie. And I'm just going to take care of it and I'm going to say yes to you when you bring it up. Thank you, God. You're so good. You're so good not to leave me here. You're so good that you want to transform me more into your love. This is exciting. There's no room for condemnation when you're thankful. There's no room for striving when you just let him do it. Right? Doesn't it take the pressure off of it? There's no pressure to perform. The, the only reason we have put pressure on ourselves that we need to be perfect or we need to get our life together, right? It's easy. 
Resting in him is confident in his nature. It's sure of who he is, even when we're not, even no matter what our circumstances. It's sure. Just like, remember Tony, I think he talked about this last week, when, when Abraham took Isaac up to get sacrificed. It says that Abraham believed God was going to raise him from the dead or something because he just was so sure in the nature of who God was that he didn't understand it, but he was just going to do it because he just believed in God. Like nothing, I don't care what my circumstance says, God's good. I know he's good, so I don't understand it, but that's okay. I trust him. I'm resting in him. He's going to come through somehow. I don't know how, right? So when, when life happens, when circumstances happen that seem scary or, or we're not sure about, or like, man, God, I, I just thank you that you're good. I don't understand what's happening here. I don't know what's going to happen, but I trust that you're going to show me if I need to do something, tell me if I need to say something. You're going to take care of me. I don't have to try to figure this out. Right? Isn't that good news? I mean, I'm thankful. <laughs> I'm thankful I don't got to do this because I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I don't know what I'm doing. Jesus is just transforming my life, and I'm just a different person than I used to be, and I just believed in him and I just said yes and I just did what he said to do and I just feel like I'm making it up half the time like just being real anybody else feel like that yeah you know it's called faith (laughs) I just enjoy spending time with him and you know sometimes I get in those mindsets where I'm like trying to strive again and then Jesus is like hey you're you're trying to do this in your strength oh yeah I forgot thanks for bringing it up thanks that's it I'm not going to beat myself up for over it. I'm not going to freak out and be like, oh, man, what's in there? Better go figure out what's in there. <laughs> Let's not do that, guys. It doesn't work. Okay, I'm just going to save you the grief. <laughs> Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight, right? That word acknowledge and all your, the only thing that this tells us to do is trust him and acknowledge him. Trust him and acknowledge him. So the word acknowledge there is the, the Hebrew word yada. Some of you are familiar with that one, that intimately know. The only thing that we have to do is intimately know him. That's it. And he's going to make our path straight. The, the word acknowledge in the dictionary, you guys know I love to look up words in the dictionary. I don't know. It just, it, it just gives a fuller picture of a word for me. The word acknowledge in the dictionary means to recognize as truth. I'm acknowledging that he's truth over my experience. It says, lean not on your understanding, but recognize him as truth. Right? That's just called renewing your mind to truth. We all want to know, like, which way to go? Which way do I go, Jesus? Direct my path. What do I do now? And he's like, just acknowledge me. (laughs) Just be with me. Let me, it's a heart posture. Jesus, I'm wide open. I'll say yes when you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll say what you want me to say. It's surrender. But we can't surrender to him if we don't know his nature because if we're not going to surrender to someone that we don't think is good, we better believe he's good. <laughs> I'm not going to surrender to someone that I, that I question their character. 
right? I'm only going to be able to trust and surrender to someone that who I know intimately their character is good. So for that to happen, we have to let go of understanding everything that life has thrown at us and stop blaming him for it all. <laughs> I'm just telling you, this is like what I've lived. I've literally lived this. Like I said, I used to not be okay until everything went my way, and I blamed God for everything that didn't happen that I wanted and loss that happened and, and tragedy and premature death and all the things that I don't understand. It's just easier to have an answer to blame him. It's easier to just throw it all on him and say, well, it's his fault, right? Well, I refuse to do that anymore. I'm not going to blame something I don't understand on him because that's the easy way out. This says he's good. This says he, he proved he was good when he died for us on the cross. <laughs> like, I don't need another reason to proclaim that he's good. You can tell me all day long, well, you don't know what I've been through, and this is going on, and this is going on, and didn't he cause that? Didn't he allow that? I don't know. I just know this says he's good. I don't believe he causes bad things to happen to us. I'm not going to go. I don't need to teach my kids a lesson by killing off somebody that they love. That's not a good parent. The enemy is real, and he's here to kill, steal, and destroy. I do know that he's real. I don't blame everything on God because I know there's a real enemy out there. Good, God, good, devil, bad. God, good, devil, bad. <laughs> Guys, I'm just being silly with you, okay? Like, know my heart. I'm not trying to be like, you guys suck. Because I love you guys. You guys are amazing. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just teaching you what I've lived this. I was that person who believed that it was easier just to blame him for everything. But as I've gotten to know him intimately, I've realized that that's actually not who he is at all. He's really, really good, better than I can imagine. He's my fulfillment, you cannot convince me that he's not good anymore. Like, I'm, I'm just sorry. I feel bad for you that you believe that way, but I'll never believe that way because I found fulfillment of life in him. <laughs> he's just that good. So this is Nikki's paraphrase of Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Believe in him. And lean not on your own understanding. Don't let what you don't understand or what you're experiencing be what you believe first, but trust him first. In all your ways and everything you do and everything you conduct yourself as, everything you say, think, do, acknowledge him, intimately know him, and recognize him as truth. And he will direct your path. He's going to tell you what you need to do, tell you what you need to say, and make your life prosperous. Yeah? So to trust him and rest in him, we have to let go of understanding it all. Are you guys willing to do that? Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm letting go of understanding everything and having an answer for it all. When I, when I feel like I can understand the mysteries of the universe and who God is, I believe that he reveals to his sons and daughters all kinds of revelations and truth. But I don't believe that we know everything. We see in part, we know in part, right? So to say that we can understand all the ways of God is bringing him down to our level and making him as big as us. God is way bigger than me. 
and I'm okay not understanding it all. Doesn't mean I'm not going to contend for the miracle. Doesn't mean I'm not going to contend for the breakthrough. Doesn't mean I'm not going to believe he wants to give me the desires of my heart. He wants to bless me. He wants to make my life prosperous. But he's the one who does that. Him, knowing him is what makes my life prosperous. Not things. <laughs> I mean, because, I mean, if, if you think things do, if you measure, oh, they're blessed. Look at that house they have. Look at that car they have. They're blessed. They're under the blessing of God. What about the people who are being persecuted in the church right now living in a garbage heap? They're prospering too because they know him. They're giving their life for him, literally, being persecuted. That's like real stuff that's happening, guys, that you'll never hear on the news here. Like Christians are dying and getting their heads chopped off. People are coming in and they're, they're, the kids, five-year-old children, are getting their heads cut off because they won't deny Jesus. <laughs> we, just live in a, we just live a different understanding of the gospel here in America because we have a lot of stuff. We don't really know what it means to give it all for him. Not fully. The persecution here is much more subtle it grabs a hold of you. It's like, I got stuff. I'll never go without anything. I'll have all this stuff I want to make me happy. But what about Jesus? He's the one who fulfills us. So don't let stuff have you. You know? That was just a little side note. I don't even know what I'm talking about. So being thankful. Okay, so that word acknowledge, trust in the Lord with all your heart, acknowledge him in all your ways, that word also means... Um, express gratitude to. It means be thankful in every season, even when you don't understand, right? To trust and to rest, we have to let go of understanding and we have to be thankful because if you know that he fulfills you, if you truly know him intimately, if you're in a relationship with him, then you're thankful because you're fulfilled, right? So if thankfulness is a product of resting and trusting in him and believing in him fully, then what is complaining? Okay, this is going to hurt. This hurt me. Dan Moeller, I was listening to Dan Moeller this last weekend, one of my favorite people to listen to. He's amazing. He said, when we complain as Christians, we're just showing the devil that we're selfish. That we don't know who we are and we don't know God. When we have need of something, if I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be okay until God comes through in this area. We're just proving we're selfish, and we haven't died to self. So we don't need anything. We need Him. Again, this is not what I'm. I'm not saying we don't contend for the things. I'm not saying we don't believe that Jesus wants to bless us. I'm not saying that. I know that He does. He's given me way more than I could ever earn, spiritually and physically. You know, financially, can't tell you the amount of testimonies. It all, God did it. He wants to bless us. But that does not fulfill me. So when I'm fulfilled in him, when I'm fully resting in him and believing that he's my everything, and when I know him in a relationship with him, then I'm thankful. There's no room for complaining. Right? That one hurt me. I was like, ouch. There's a lot of areas that Jesus is still bringing up, hey, this is a selfish way of thinking right here. 
you know? I'm taking out some of this. You're dying to self a little more. I'm going to be showing you things you need to die to, right? Because, like, I don't need, I'm learning, I don't need to wake up and, like, Owen be a certain way for me to be okay. I don't need him to meet my needs for me to be okay. I'm learning that in marriage, you know? I need Jesus. I want Owen to be amazing, and he is. But he's not, perf- he's not perfectly loving me, just like I'm not perfectly loving him because we're in process. In our marriage, we're growing. But I don't need my spouse to be anything for me to be okay. I don't need my kids to be a certain way for me to be okay. I don't need you to like me. I don't need you to be okay with me for me to be okay. I have him. It doesn't mean I don't want relationship with you and I don't love you and I don't want those things. Of course I want to be loved. Everyone wants to be loved by people. Everyone wants to be treated well and loved well by people. But I don't need people. I need God. So when we're in crisis in relationship, we're like, Jesus, I don't know what I'm going to do. you got to fix this situation. I'm just never going to be okay. I, don't, I can't stay at this job anymore. I just can't stand these people. They're not Christians, and they don't even know what they're doing. They're just annoying. <laughs> I'm just not going to be okay until you fix them. How selfish does that sound, right? What about just praying for them and actually truly loving them and your heart being moved for them to know Jesus? I don't need anything from them. They need Jesus. I'm fulfilled in him. Right? (laughs) It's deep, right? This is what he's been talking to me about. He's like, you know, there's still some critical. You're still, you tend to be critical sometimes of people. You're critical of yourself sometimes. You're critical of people. You're noticing, oh, they're not doing that right. Look at them. They don't know. He's like, hey, that's not what I think of them. The first thing I don't think is critical of people. That's not who Jesus is. (laughs) Right? He sees them for who they were created to be. He sees them through the eyes of love. And so then I'm like, okay, Jesus, thanks for bringing that up. You know, like, you're right. That's not love because I'm becoming love. I'm in this journey to become love, to look like Jesus. If you didn't know, when you're a Christian, that's what it's all about. You're just discovering who you are, that you're love, and Jesus is love, and you're supposed to look like Jesus, right? So that's why we're on a journey of discovering who we are because we believe first, and then we act it out. If we don't believe who we are, if we don't believe we're love, then we're never going to be love, So Jesus is, like, reminding me, like, hey, remember your love, and this doesn't look like love. Like, oh, okay. You know what? Thanks for bringing that up, Jesus. I just, I give you access to my heart to show me when I'm being critical of people or myself. And I'm going to, every time you bring that up, I'm just going to say, okay, I'm just going to bless them instead, and I'm going to make my mind believe the truth about them. That's called transforming your mind. That's my, that's what I do. I'm not like, okay, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to try my hardest not to be critical of anyone. I'm going to make myself be perfect all day long. I'm not going to have a bad thought about anyone. I'm going to write a checklist every time and I'm going to keep track of every time I messed up. And, and what, how many declarations do I need to do? Okay, how much? I need four hours in prayer, two hours reading my Bible, seven declarations of not being critical. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm just like, Jesus, thank you for showing me. I rest in you. You're transforming me. 
And then when he says, do this, I do it. And when he says, say this, I say it. That's it. Jesus was the ultimate picture of rest, right? He did what he saw the Father do, and he said what he heard the Father say. That was it. He believed in God, the Father, and he did exactly what he saw the Father doing. That's what we do. It's much easier, right, than trying to be a good Christian girl or boy in our own strength and getting our life together by yourself, right? Man. Love is enough. Love, love is enough to cover it all. His love is enough to cover all my inadequacies, all the things, all the places that I'm not being loved or that I need to grow in or be transformed in. His love is enough. Resting in his love is enough. Do you guys feel like the pressure's just falling off you? It's good news, right? I'm just throwing out seeds. Seeing what catches. There's no fear in love. I'm not afraid of anything bad happening to me. I'm not afraid. When I'm in love, when I am in believing in who Jesus is and believing in my relationship with him and I'm, that I'm one with him, then I'm not afraid of anything happening because I'm fulfilled in him. I'm not worried about if I'm going to be able to pay my bills. I used to be, and there's no condemnation if that's where you're at, because I went through that with Jesus. <laughs> and every once in a while, that little fear will come up. But Jesus is like, hey, remember? And I'm like, oh, yeah. It's not like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? You know? There's no fear in love, because when you are in love, you're fulfilled, and you don't need anything to happen <laughs> for you to be Okay. You're just okay, right? So like the first time years ago when we went through that, where we had to trust the Lord in our finances because we had just always relied on having a job. And then all of a sudden we didn't have a job and we're like, oh no, Jesus, what are you doing? You know, we're freaking out. Then he shows us his faithfulness walking through that. And I have history with him now in that area. We build history with God in these things that we walk through. And now when that happens, when that comes up, I'm like, oh, I'm not worried because he's come through. He's shown me he's faithful. What am I going to worry about? Like, take all my money. I don't care. You literally cannot empty my bank account and me be afraid. Like, I just have seen the faithfulness of God over and over and over in my finances. You know? We see the miracle happening, the provision coming is him. He's the provision. And the miracle, the act, the thing that happens, the breakthrough, is proving his nature. It's supposed to show us who he is. It's not supposed to be our fulfillment. It, he's our fulfillment. The miracle and the breakthrough is showing us who he is to us. Because if, if the miracle becomes our need, then what's going to happen when the miracle doesn't happen? Where are you when the miracle doesn't come through? Where are you when the healing doesn't happen that you've prayed for about seven billion times? Right? Is your foundation crumbling now? He's the provision, not the thing happening. Right? Okay. Jesus' life is a picture of what our life can look like. 
We all believe that, right? Because if we don't believe that that's attainable, then we're just not going to walk in the fullness. Again, it's just about believing. Jesus is one with us. He accomplished it all for us. So his life, he said, you will do greater works than me. He's paved, he, he's the firstborn of many. We're the many, right? So his life, our life is supposed to look like Jesus. We're representatives of heaven, just like he was. But if we don't believe that that's obtainable, if we don't believe that everything that he asked us to do in here is actually possible, then it won't be. So that's why I say it's really just about believing the truth. Yeah? You know, the areas in our life where we don't look like love, we don't look like Jesus, we're just not believing him fully in that area, and that's okay. There's no condemnation. We're on a journey. We're, on, we're discovering. As long as I'm moving forward in him, being, getting to know him, being in a relationship with him, heart wide open to him, it's okay. He's taking us there. You know? And you, you can look back a year ago and be like, I'm not the same person anymore. It's all because of Jesus. Right? Isn't that exciting? I was just listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about becoming love and just describing what love, what becoming love looks like, you know, and what, and the opposite of that, what not being love looks like. And I was just realizing that I had listened to, I think I had listened to that same podcast like two years ago because it sounded very familiar to me. I listened to it two years ago, and I was realizing that last time, two years ago, when I listened to it, that was a brand new revelation to me. I'd never heard of becoming love before. Or maybe I hadn't received the revelation of it right yet then. And then now, two years later, I'm actually living out some of the things he was describing. I was like, whoa, Jesus, like celebrate your progress, right? Don't get bogged down in where you got to go and how far you are from looking like Jesus. But celebrate how far he's brought you. Like, I'm not the same person I was a year ago. And that's exciting. And it's all because of him. I'm not taking credit for it. I, there's no way I could have done this. You know? But it, it gives us hope that there's freedom available. You know, you're not stuck. Some of you may feel stuck. You're not stuck. Some of you may feel bound to sin and bound to addiction and bound to things. And you're not. The enemy wants you to believe that so you'll stay there. You're not bound in your sin issues. You just don't believe that you're righteous and holy. You still believe you're a sinner, so you sin. And your life's a mess. I lived that. It's all about believing. Colossians, let's just stay on that for a minute. Colossians 2.11 says that our sin nature has been cut away. It doesn't exist anymore. When we're born again, we're actually born new. A new species, a new creation in Christ. Brand new. Everything else was cut away. Isn't that exciting? We didn't do it. Jesus did it for us. And now what do we have to do? Believe. We discover who we already are, who Jesus already made us to be. We believe who we already are. If you've given your life to Jesus, you believed in him, right? You didn't do anything else. You just believed that he's the son of God, that he died for your sins and he rose again, right? 
So all the sin and all the stuff that we feel like has us, it doesn't actually have us. We just believe it does. One day I just woke up and Jesus said, hey, you know, you're not bound to that thing. That thing doesn't have you. That's not who you are. You can tell it no. You can just choose not to sin. I'm like, oh, I can? Like, I thought I had no choice in that it was just going to come at me no matter what and never leave me alone, right? Have you ever experienced that? And he's like, no, you actually tell it to leave you alone. That's not who you are. And this is what I want you to do, okay? He told me something to do. He knows I like to do stuff. I'm a doer, you know? I'm like, Let's, what do I got to do? Come on, tell me, tell me the steps. He's like, this is what I want you to do. I want you to stop watching certain shows. Okay. Wow. That wasn't that hard. Hey, I want you to stop doing this. I want you to, every time that temptation comes to say, that's not who I am. I'm not going to do it. I don't have to do it anymore. Go. When the thoughts come from my past, hey, that's not me anymore. I'm a new creation in Christ. You know, every thought that comes for you isn't necessarily yours. The enemy is the accuser. So when you're having, when he's reminding you of your past, you can just tell him where, to go back to where he came from. That's not you anymore. You're a new creation. When you start to renew your mind to the truth of who you are, then you will live out that truth. If you believe and declare that you're not a sinner, you're not going to sin. <laughs> it's just that simple. We make it, we make it very complicated, like, oh, I got to try better. I got to try better. I got to beat myself into submission get my life together. It's, it's really not like that. It's, and you may be feeling like you experience in that, but that's not what this says. Again, we have to renew our minds to what truth is, not what we're experiencing, right? We're free, guys. Ephesians 4 tells us to put off the old man, put on the new man. What does that mean? In here, believe that your old man doesn't exist anymore. You're a new creation in Jesus. You know, even my kids get this on a level. My kids are three. They like, because when they have bad behavior, we tell them, we're like, we know it's a belief issue. It's, our behavior always proves what, or proving something about what we believe. Every time, no matter who you are, your bad behavior or your good behavior is proving what you believe to be true. So when my kids have bad behavior, we just say, hey, what's going on? What, what are you, did you forget who you were? Because this is not you. Like, you're kind and you're sweet and you're compassionate and you love your sister. Like, why are you slugging her over the head with a whatever, you know? Like, did you forget who you were? And then that brings them, it reminds them again of who they actually are so that they can live out who they actually are. Oh, yeah, I forgot that I'm kind. Okay. All right. Okay, so how are we going to clean up your mess? How are you going to clean this up? Well, I'm going to go say sorry. Okay, go say sorry. And let's just try again. There's a better way. You know? Maybe we should need to have you talk to each other like that. Oh, they talk to me like that. They tell me, Mommy, that's not who you are. I have a little Holy Spirit one and two, you know, that, that the love... When I'm losing it, when I'm getting frustrated, when I'm overwhelmed and I'm raising my voice, mommy, that's not who you are. And I'm like, you're right. <laughs> Will you forgive me? You know, and then I get to have the, you know, mommy makes mistakes sometimes too. You know, you're right. That's not who I am. And, and will you forgive me? Right? 
It's not hard. It's just we've forgotten who we are. And Jesus is just saying, hey, this is who you are. I'm going to help you renew your mind to the truth again so you can believe who you are again. Right? I just totally went off all this. It's good, though. Jesus is good. So I've already said this, but the battle is in our mind. And I want to read 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5, because I'm about to wrap up. Where is it? Okay, 2 Corinthians 10, 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against who God is, the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. We cast down arguments, thoughts. We take our thoughts into captivity against the knowledge of who God is against the truth of who he is and who we are, right? That's what we do. The pers- the, this word, knowledge of God, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, that means like perception of who God is, the belief of who God is. Who is God? Well, if we don't read this, then we won't know. <laughs> If we don't spend time with him, then we won't know him. So that's pretty important. That's another practical tip. That's the most practical tip. Just spend time with him. What does that look like? Well, just talk to him like you'd talk to a friend. You know? Sometimes spending time with Jesus just looks like sitting there and just knowing he's there. I don't hear anything. I don't say anything. I'm just like, hey, God, I know you're here. I'm just sitting in your presence. I know you love me. And I'm just declaring what this says. I'm not necessarily feeling anything. I'm not necessarily hearing anything. I'm just like, well, I know your word says you're good and you're love, and I just thank you for that. Right? It doesn't have to be super spiritual. And hours and hours of prayer, I'm just spending time with him. It's really chill, you know? <laughs> so... The practical application to this is renew your mind. I gave you an example of that earlier. Jesus brings something up to me. Hey, you're not being loved in this area, or this is not who you are, or whatever. And I'm like, okay, thank you for bringing that up. Jesus, will you please remind me when I'm having a thought that doesn't line up with truth, when I'm believing a lie, when I, something is happening inside of me that doesn't line up with what you say about me, will you tell me? Of course he will. I don't have to be worried about it, you know? Just... Let it go and just rest in him and the things that don't make sense that we're feeling, right, that seemingly contradict this. We don't, we just let it, we, pa- we let the understanding of it pass. We don't have to understand everything, but I'm just going to believe you're good God and you're going to show me if I need to do something and you're going to tell me if I need to say something. That's it. That's the practical advice. So... I am going to close. Are you guys all good?
I just want to put out there that if there's anyone here in this room who doesn't know Jesus but wants to be free, wants to be fulfilled, remember how I talked about earlier that only he will fulfill me. Nothing else is going to fulfill me. We are actually created in the image of God to be fulfilled by God. So he can literally only fulfill us. If there's anyone in this room who doesn't know Jesus and wants to give their life to him and has never done that, I want you to stand up. Take a step of faith and stand up and give your life to Jesus. Because this is the starting point of where you can be fulfilled in him, right? I never want to pass that moment by if I feel like it needs to be said. So I'm going to pray. You guys want to stand and just just get into a posture of receive mode. Just whatever that looks like for you, Jesus, we just, we're here in front of you. We're here, God. We're receiving your love in this moment. Jesus, we believe that you are who you say you are. Can we just say that together? Jesus, we receive, or we believe you are who you say you are. Jesus, I believe you are who you say you are. Say this with me. Jesus, I believe I am who you say I am. Thank you, Jesus. We believe you, God. We rest in you. We trust you that you're going to take us where, you need, where we need to go. Each one of us in this room were created for a purpose, to be loved and to love so that our life shows the world who God is, that he's love and he's for them. And he's, there's freedom available because people are really bound and they need to be free. And they're really struggling because they don't have hope because they don't have Jesus. And their hearts are hurting because they don't know that he's healer. And all Jesus is asking us to do is believe in him and let him take us there. Because we can accomplish way more doing it in his strength than in our own strength. Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you accomplished it all for us. We rest in you. We trust you in every area of our life, even when the ones, even the areas that don't make any sense at all. We trust you, God. And we know and we believe that we don't need anything to turn out the way we think it needs to turn out. We need you. That's what we need. We need you. So we rest in you. Thank you, Jesus. I just want us to do, I just want us to receive his love in this moment. Just become aware that he's right here. He loves you.
Thank you for your love, Jesus. Thank you that your love is enough. Jesus, we're no longer satisfied doing all the things. We're no longer satisfied just going to church on Sunday and getting encouraged so we can get through our week. We want you, God. We need you. We say yes to you, whatever it looks like, God. We surrender to you. Just want us to take the opportunity just to surrender to him in this moment. Whatever we need to surrender. What do you need to surrender to him? What do you need to give to him? Take that thing that you're holding on to and give it to him. Surrender it to him. Imagine that he's all you need. Let your mind tell you what it would look like, what your life would look like if you were fulfilled in Jesus and him alone. Jesus, we surrender. person of Jesus is here. He wants to take away everything that doesn't look like love. He wants to take away addiction. He wants to take away sin issues. He wants to take away depression and anxiety. He wants to heal you. He wants to set you free. But it's going to be through him. He is provision. He is freedom. So all you have to do is say, I receive you, God. I receive you, Jesus. I receive you as my fulfillment and my completeness. And I trust you. I really believe that things are just being broken off right now. So what I want to do right now is I want you just to stay in that posture of receiving from God right now. If you're having a moment with him, if he's doing something, I want you to stay right there. Don't get distracted by anything else going on. Just rest in him. 
but I also want the prayer team to come up here. Because we're here to love on you. We're here to pray with you. We're here to encourage you. We're here to prophesy over you. We're here to be the body. We're here to be who you need us to be for you. But let me tell you, Jesus is all you need. He can heal you in a second. He can give you breakthrough in a second. He can give you a prophetic word if you need it. It comes from him anyways. So Jesus is doing stuff, and we're also available here to love you guys. You know, we love you even if we don't know you. We truly do. We love you so much. We care for you. We're for you. Because that's what Jesus is to us, right? So we don't have to know you. We love you. We support you. We're here for you, whatever you need. Okay? Thank you guys so much for being amazing and just letting me share and letting Jesus do what he wants to do. And we bless you guys. We bless each person in this room that you would be able to receive all the love he has for you this week. <laughs> yeah, in Jesus' name. So if you need to go, you can go. And, and again, like I said, there's no rush. If Jesus is doing something, just stay and, and be in his presence. We love you guys. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at revivetheworld.us.